This morning's reading is taken from John chapter 15, verse 9 to 17, and can be found on page 1083 of the Pew Bibles. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, because servants does not, do not know the business of the master. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Neil, the Associate Vicar here at St. Jude's, and it's been quite a week, hasn't it? It's been quite a week. The way people finish their lives will often give an insight into how they led their lives. And we saw that this week, didn't we? That the Queen was absolutely determined to say goodbye to one prime minister and appoint a new prime minister, that she would go on serving because that's who she was. That's what she did. It was entirely in line with the way that she's lived out 70 years of servant leadership during her reign. And this morning, we're considering the topic of sharing God's love. And one of the things that's really struck me since her death was announced, with just how many stories there are coming up to the surface of ordinary people who have met the Queen and how she has shown them love, shown them honour and respect and just the small things that she's done that's shown love to them. So this morning we're thinking about sharing God's love and so it's been not a very difficult thing to lace into this talk, all the words from Our Majesty the Queen, Our Late Majesty the Queen, and fit them into this talk. Uh, Mainly, they've come from her Christmas messages. And for Elizabeth II, these words that we're thinking about this morning would have been very familiar. They come from the last night before Jesus died. And at the end of his life, it's very clear what is the focus of his life? Because he's not thinking about himself on this last night, the night of the Last Supper. He's thinking about those around them, around him, and he's talking to them about love. 
For Jesus provides the original mould of a servant leader. And he is the recognised inspiration for our late Queen. She said, To many of us, our beliefs are fundamental. Can we have that slide up, Jim? Are fundamental, of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. And just as Her Majesty listened to his words and would have known this passage well, these are words that we need to listen to for they're important to us if we're to live the lives that Jesus wants us to. They're said at this last supper, his last chance to pass his message on to his disciples. He makes his message as simple as it can be. He tries to distill everything that he's taught them into just these last few words that he's going to speak to them. And as he says in John's Gospel, they are to abide in his love, to love one another and then to go and share his love. Jesus, in a way, is like a political leader, reducing down the message as they set out their program for a new term in office. They want to make it simple and easy. And Jesus has made his message to them and his message to us as simple as he can. He wants us to know that we are loved. This is where we start, from the love that flows from him as we sang in that last song. Your love is a sure foundation. That's what we can build our lives upon. But then we are to share this love, to love those around us, our families and our friends. And then we are to go out to share this love with the wider world. For ultimately, Jesus' mission is to bring God's love into the world in order to save the world. So Jesus begins this passage in verse 9 saying, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. Abide in my love. Know that you are loved. Only because we are loved does the Christian faith make sense. Jesus gave his love to his friends and in doing so he makes them much more than they ever were on their own. We must also make him the center of our lives. We must make him a priority. Just as those first disciples spent time with him, we must spend time with him. And Her Majesty said this about her faith and the priorities that she said, she had. She said, for Christians, as for all people of faith, reflection Meditation and prayer help us to renew ourselves in God's love as we strive daily to become better people. Reflection, meditation and prayer. Abiding in God's love is our first port of call. It's the foundation upon which we build our lives. Without this, everything else will fail. The first command is that we love God that we abide in that love. 
this is our strength and our support. Psalm 63 says, Your love means more to me than life. Your love means more to me than life. This love defines us. It gives us our deepest sense of identity, our strongest security. Jesus says, abide in my love. For Queen Elizabeth, this love was her foundation, as she said so clearly in her message of 2014. She said, For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. A role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. She found her foundation and we can find our foundation in that love. For this is the truth, that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. Our security and our identity are founded in his love. And then there is a new command, that we love one another. Jesus says, this is my commandment. It's a new commandment. Remember that Jesus was a carpenter's son. He had no direct line of succession to any throne. And yet it becomes clear that he is the Lord, the King of Kings. In John's Gospel, it's Simon Peter who recognises that Jesus is the Lord. He gives him that title first. And later on, the disciples will refer to him again as a rabbi, but from Chapter 10 in John's Gospel, they see him as the Lord, the Lord of all. In that chapter, Jesus speaks of being the good shepherd. And who is the good shepherd? We know from Psalm 23, don't we? Who is the good shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is the Lord, and because he is Lord, he has a right to make a commandment. King Charles made a commandment that... William should become the new Prince of Wales. And immediately it happened, didn't it? The king said it, and it happened. Jesus gives us a command. It's not a rule or a regulation. It's a command that we love one another. It's something that we should obey. Originally, there were ten commandments, but the people of God had increased the number of rules and regulations that they try to follow until they become a cage that instead of giving them life, trapped them and took life from them. But Jesus tries to make things simple for us. When he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God, the love that we've already spoken about, and that to love your neighbor. On these two hang all the law of the prophets. And now he gives another commandment, to love one another. The command of the Son is to love one another. And if we get that right, if we become a community filled with his love, then we become attractive and life-giving. If we get it wrong, people will see that we've turned into a club that might sing songs and say prayers, but then 
often fall out with one another and don't get along very well. Without love, what we try and build as church falls down. And we won't deliver what, we've pro- what we're promising to deliver, what God has promised. We start here with those around us. We love one another. And as we look back at the history of the church, we can see that it hasn't always worked out. It hasn't always been a great example set by the church. There have been times when it clearly hasn't loved those within it. And this isn't easy. Jesus never said it would be. But we have these first two directions of love, up towards God and in towards one another. And then there's a third direction. We abide in God's love, we trust in his love in order to share God's love. Her Majesty put it this way. She said, I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. We are all chosen to go and bear fruit for Jesus' kingdom. And the final command is that we love our neighbor. This means loving the people around us, sharing God's God's love with those who are not like us. And that's not always easy, is it? Let's be honest, some people are quite difficult to love. But unfortunately, Jesus didn't say, love one another until it gets a bit tricky. He didn't say, love one another until you get tired or lose patience. He didn't say, then get offended, throw all your toys out of the pram, walk off and have a big sulk. I don't remember Jesus saying that at all. Jesus said, Jesus commanded that we must love one another no matter what. And that love that Jesus is talking about is not the soft, fluffy, pink bunny kind of love that you see in the card shops. It's the love that was made real in his life of obedience and sacrifice. It's the love that makes a commitment to cherish and to support. It's a love that goes deeper than just liking another people, a love that bears the bruises and wears the wounds. This is the love that we see most clearly in the man who gave his life for his friends. Our queen knew this. She said, Christ not only revealed to us the truth in his teachings, he lived by what he believed. And he gave us the strength to try to do the same. And finally on the cross, he showed the supreme example of physical and moral courage. I used to think that I'd chosen the path for my life when I set out off to university. I thought I'd chosen a good career path. I went and studied at Bristol University to be a vet. And I was a vet for 17 years. But this verse had quite a big impact on me as I changed direction. Because when I was a vet, I was wealthy and successful, but also 
quite unhappy and stressed. I gave up a big salary and a big house, but also the pressure of making lots of money in order to pay, repay lots of loans. And these words in John chapter 15, verse 16, were part of that letting go. Because Jesus said to me, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I've found that my life works best when I live in God's love, when I love those around me, when I seek to share his love. That's when I bear fruit, fruit that will last. Our wonderful queen made a vow when she was just 21. She said, I declare before you, before you all, that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. It's in the making of that offering and accepting the sacrifice that it demands that the joy that Jesus spoke of becomes a reality, becomes possible. There is joy, even amidst all the sadness that we're experiencing at this moment, even as we go through the grief. There is the joy that we have before us, a life that was well lived, a life that we can give thanks for. Abide in my love, love one another, and go and share my love. Loving God allows us to keep things in perspective. It gives us a true sense of where we stand and we realise that Jesus is Lord. That means that he has the ultimate responsibility. This is what helped the Queen to cope with all of those responsibilities that she had to bear. She knew that she had a saviour. She knew that there was someone in whom she could trust. In 2011, she said this, Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Love God and let yourself off the hook. Love God and live a thankful life, resting in the security of his love, the knowledge that he has the big plan. He has plans for each one of us. And then, that, then let that love overflow into the lives of those around us. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. For this we were chosen, to transform this world so that his light and his life might be seen amongst us. And life in the name of Jesus looks like this, that we might abide in his love, that we might experience this love, and that we might let that love overflow 
overflow into the world around us. This is the life that we saw lived out so clearly before us in the 70-year reign of our beloved Queen. Just one small story of kindness that I came across was of uh, a surgeon who'd come back from serving in Syria and he'd gone out to Aleppo uh, at the very heart at the start of the Syrian civil war and he'd been uh, in those hospitals that were being bombed deliberately and he'd seen so much carnage and destruction and he'd given an interview on the television and somebody picked up on this interview and he was invited to lunch with the Queen and he said when he got to Buckingham Palace it was just overwhelming and he knew that he wasn't going to be able to cope because here he was in all of this luxury, the gold and the red carpet and he knew that his friends were still scrabbling about in the dirt and the destruction of Aleppo. And uh, he said that at the lunch, the Queen talked to the person on her right for the first half of the lunch and then talked to the person on the left for the second half of the lunch. That was the etiquette. And he was sat on her left side. And for the first half, she talked to the person on the other side. And then in the second half, she just turned and started to talk to him. And she asked him, uh, where have you come from? And he said, I come from Aleppo. And he knew that he wouldn't be able to hold it together and tears started to form in his eyes. And the queen saw exactly what was happening. And she reached forward and on the, on the dinner table there was a silver box with dog biscuits in. And she reached over and she lifted up the lid and she called the corgis over. And for the rest of that half of the lunch, she and the doctor fed the corgis under the table while everybody else carried on. And at the end, she said to him, there, that was so much better than talking, wasn't it? That's sharing God's love. Queen said, the story of the Good Samaritan reminds us of our duty to our neighbour. We should try to follow Christ's clear instruction at the end of that story. Go and do likewise. We have seen a life that's lived out by abiding in God's love, loving one another and sharing God's love. We're all called to live this life by Christ. If we abide in his love and love one another and share his love with those around us, then we will receive the accolade that is all that anyone could ever wish for when we meet our risen Lord on the other side of death. The only thing that we need to hear are him to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm sure that those words may already have been said to our late queen. Well done, good and faithful servant. Can we please stand? And we're just going to have a moment's silence to consider this life lived before us. To consider how we might be called to follow her example of a life of service. For we are all commanded to share God's love
by Jesus, who is the King of Kings. God of love, we thank you for the life of the Queen, for her service to our nation and for her faith in you. Help us to follow her example as we seek to become your good and faithful servants. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to sing about that love, that love that... Uh, was poured out through the cross. Let's sing our next song. Here is love, vast as the ocean. Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kind as the flood when the prince of life our ransom shed for us his precious blood who his love will not remember who can cease to sing his praise he will never be forgotten Throughout heaven's eternal days On the mount of crucifixion Fountains open deep and wide Through the floodgates of God's mercy Flowed a vast and gracious tide Grace and love like mighty rivers Poured incessant from above Heaven's peace and perfect justice Kissed a guilty world in love Let me all thy love accepting Love thee ever, all my days. Let me seek thy kingdom only, and my life be to thy praise. Thou alone shalt be my glory, nothing in the world I see. Thou hast cleansed and sanctified me. Thou thyself hast set me free. In thy truth thou dost direct me by thy spirit through thy word and thy grace my need is meeting as I trust in thee, my Lord. Of thy fullness thou art pouring 
thy great love and power on me without measure full and boundless drawing out my heart to thee just a few things to say as we end that after the service there's tea and coffee if you go out through that door you'll be able to find it that way there's the opportunity to light a candle and to sign our book of condolence our book of remembrance uh, the candles are just in the chancel area and the book is out in the foyer it's also a great joy to publish the bands of marriage between Joshua James Sanders and Emily Ann Smart. This is for the first time of asking if any of you know any reason why, you, why these people should not uh, get married, then you are to declare it now. This is uh, my daughter, that's why uh, I've been given this job, particular job, <laughs> this morning. And we're going to end our service by singing our revised national anthem. Let's sing.